Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pussy Power. Today we have Annie Yang, who is a first generation Asian Canadian. Am I right? Yes. She has a background in data analysis and user design. And like a lot of us, you know, although she's a true creative at heart, she's pushed down that creative self to pursue a more practical path. And this has honestly led to an identity crisis, which we're going to be diving deep into today. So today, Annie will share her journey to her self-exploration and how she deals with this transition phase. Annie, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here, Angela. Thank you so much. So guys, as as you can see, like... You can just see that this year, like from first sight, she's like a freaking creative. If you're watching on YouTube, she has like, like your highlights oh, on top hair. are blonde now. And like He's the like, one at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, the one at the bottom, like it's an ombre of like blonde to purple. So you you can see like just up front that she's creative. And also she has like a pole at literally right there so she pulled in says like me and I'm like I never really expected that because you looked so like just so chirpy and like somewhat shy as well so that was really interesting um learning that you did do pull so can you walk us through your background as a creative as a child while you were growing up yeah so when I was growing up, I didn't really have a typical upbringing. Uh, my family and I, we moved around a lot. I was born in China and I got the heck out of there when I was two years old because my dad uh, decided to pursue his master's in Japan. So we moved to Japan with my mom and my dad and I was the only kid for a little while. Um, I spent my preschool years there forming um, really, honestly, really amazing memories at the time. Japan is a really vibrant place for a kid to grow up in it was like I was trying by anime all the time on tv in real life on the streets um the food was really rich and it left like such an impressionable memory on my taste buds that growing up like Japanese food has been my favorite thing ever it's like I cannot leave it ever and um I moved from there to Canada which was a huge transition right um it was all of a sudden like I was in the middle of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> and it was a lot of people around me. <laughs> it was Alberta. Yes, it was Calgary. Um, and I always knew I was creative because um, I actually took a bunch of Japanese crafts and drawing classes when I was a baby. And my mom and dad just did that for fun. They were like, let's just see where like she can grow, but you know, throw her into everything possible because she's a kid. She needs to have fun and play. Like they had the right idea from the start (laughs) but when I got older and I was growing through my teen years in Canada and the states um, that turned into more of like a financial obligation to pursue a STEM path so I can secure my future so I think they were honestly maybe a little bit at war with themselves as well I don't really know what went on into their minds to throw me into so many art classes and then just have me quit everything when I was like 15 (laughs) 
I went. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean by artistic. have you quit everything? Was it like a sit you yeah. down, give you an ultimatum? Like, listen, kid, it's not gonna work out. <laughs> it was like, hey, bro, we don't have. <laughs> It's like, hey, our family's tight on money, so we're gonna uh, cancel all of your art classes to keep up with our finances. And I was like, okay, I understand, but you know, I thought I could come back to it later on. Um, but in high school, all the advanced classes that I was enrolled in, they on that took up my life. <laughs> the arts were like taking to a back seat. I still kept an art history class um, in high school just to keep myself like educated with something more art focused. Um, but I was like, okay, for sure. I'm not pursuing anything creative for the next 10 years, I guess. <laughs> um, I got into school and I was doing information management technology. And what that is, is like an umbrella field. It encompasses cybersecurity, tech consulting, entrepreneurship, like a tad bit. And then, um, project management. So it's very technical, but also it was the intersection of communication and business. I thought it was really great for me to start with because I did not know what to do with my life. I was like, I could not become a doctor. I almost failed AP biology. Um, I puked during the pig dissection class. Wow. <laughs> I didn't touch the really pig at all. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. pig fetus. And all the formaldehyde it, it lingered in that hallway for like two months I cannot stand that class I was like okay I cannot be a doctor I cannot be an engineer because coding just sucks the life out of me let me try this thing called information management tech and um surprisingly I was good at it I was really interested in it um and I was like yes my identity crisis here has been solved just kidding because <laughs> after I graduated was when the real self-exploration journey started. I think when you're in college and high school, you're constantly in that bubble of like being pulled in different directions because you think someone else is telling you what you should be. And you think you could just try it because you don't know, right? So in college, I did explore a lot, but in a very different way. I was in a sorority and for um, a year, actually, a sorority girl for a year <laughs> and realized that was not for me. I cannot follow people's instructions. I do things my own way. It's going to piss people off. But deep down my heart, even back then when I was like burning bridges left and right, I was like, this is self-preservation here. Like my mental health is down the drain and it cannot go any longer. But after college, all of that noise disappeared, right? So there's only me, myself and what I can do to explore who I really was and who not who I thought I was back then. Um, my inner voice as an artist really started taking shape when I uh, started pole dancing, which is just last year. Yeah, I girl. knew I was creative, right? I knew yes. I was creative, but I just didn't know like what kind of creative I was. Like I opened up my own, own business, put it on a hiatus as well. My business helped me explore myself spiritually. Um, in terms of who I wanted to brand myself as, a woman of color and an entrepreneur online. Um, I was teaching, well, kind of like empowering my clients who are all women of color to trust themselves, to like cultivate that self-trust so they can move forward making big decisions um, without as much 
she, uh, like fear like in themselves, right? Like they could not trust themselves. Maybe there were barriers with like their family and maybe they were constantly being gaslighted by a partner or their career was just so stagnant and they- it sound like you've tr- been through these things. Like, I have, I have. Yes, yes. So you're speaking so, from experience here. You're not yes. just like, yeah. Yeah, I decided to help people out after I went through my own really dark chapter. There was like that space of um, when I- did I was working a really stable job um, when I just graduated and I hopped to something in LA that I thought would be very financially secure and also um, it was kind of like a move to expand my inner artist anyway because LA is like the city of creatives Uh, but once I was there the job was not secure after all a lot of things happened Um, I had a toxic egotistical boss and my teammates were constantly, you know, being kicked out. And I was basically next. And to live under that constant, like, scrutiny at work, knowing that if you're, like, a minute or five minutes late, it's going to get noted. It's going to get, you're going to get tucked behind, like, closed doors, right? Um, so I was also dealing with a breakup at the time. I think I was, how old was I? I was 23. So it's three years ago, about three years ago, this happened. I was dealing with a really bad breakup. And my job, my new job was not what I thought it was. Um, I was doing all sorts of things to keep myself just remotely surviving, um, hanging out with like friends that I didn't really care for. They were just kind of like shallow LA level, mm. you know, people who were so nice to you, but you know, you weren't, you didn't know if you're really friends or not. There weren't enough time to really get to know people. So I had that really dark chapter and it forced me to choose myself because I didn't choose myself before that. I only chose money or I chose a boyfriend, you know, like money is a tool to achieve my freedom, but it should not be something that I'm constantly trying to scratch at. Right. I'm not going to get it if I keep chasing like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So <laughs> yeah. You, you sound like you've definitely been through uh, a couple pivots, you know, like doing all art from like two years old to shifting to a completely different path at like 15 that must have been like a shock to your system I can imagine that helped shape your um versatility and how quickly you adapt so how how Mm -hmm. did that turn out for you yes so um moving around as a kid definitely did suck because I never had a like a fully good moment, like a peaceful moment to figure out who I was in one, one space, one place. Um, the constant moving around really made me feel like I just had to restart over and over again. So every time it was like, I slowly lost, you know, maybe I had a grasp of who I was a little bit and then I lost her again. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it did help me because it's a long picture, right? It's like the, the journey didn't just end in those two chapters, but it was a part of my story. Um, moving around has helped me really like face my situations head on instead of running away from them. And that, that running away from problems is something that I used to do when I was younger and didn't really know how to fill the void in my heart with anything, but you know, anything that was like temporary. So moving around definitely shaped me into becoming a really strong person because if anything, um, every time that I am encountering something kind of hard, a little bit challenging, I know I'm going to be okay because I moved 
around. Like I literally jumped from one city to another, to a new school to another, you know, got bullied and, you know, like got bullied again and then I came out okay <laughs> mentally, I think. <laughs> um, but those experiences were so vast that I think as a kid, I just didn't have time to process everything. But as a young adult growing into her skin, when I reflect on myself and I love reflecting on myself and the experiences I encounter every day, um, that made me realize that, you know, deeper, there's a deeper part to it all. It's not just meaningless. Like the moving around was not meaningless or random. It was all part of my, the story of me being immigrant, my parents being immigrants. And that's the core of our journey was trying to find a better life, better success for a whole family. And that requires sacrificing comfort and security, um, especially in the beginning. Mm, wow. Yeah. What, what was it like when you cut out your creative self? How did you cope with that? Yeah. So my creative self has been hibernating <laughs> in my early twenties. She was like growling, trying to come out. And I'm like, no, I'm doing STEM. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't come out. Did you feel like obligated to sort of like, I mean, your parents did sacrifice a lot, right? To um, so that you can have an opportunity of security and all, all that good stuff, like the, the Western American dream stuff, mm -hmm. right? And was, was there a part of you that felt obligated to follow a more practical path because of all the sacrifices that they've done for you? Or was it more of like, or did it, was it something that made sense to you as well? Which one was it? It was both. I mm. fought against them so hard about this before. Like, I don't want to do technology. I don't even know what the field is about. I'm scared. Like, I don't want you to spend all this money on me and it's not going to pay off. But it made sense later on that they did this because they really invested in me <laughs> and it's scary though to be invested like that my parents really took a chance on me they believed in me um at the core of all this fighting and all this like pushing me to do something to them that was more worthwhile because it is true it is definitely more financially secure not to go where my heart desired in the beginning because I honestly didn't even know what I wanted to do um and to have a stable job helped me fund my hobbies and, you know, when I start working, that's when I'm like slowly like, okay, my creative artist, she can come out now because it's safe to do so. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> like there's a lot. I've, I've been guilty of this. That's like, why the fuck are parents telling like creative people to go be a lawyer or a doctor? Like that, that's all bullshit. And then like, you know, learning about the, the hierarchy of needs and learning about what it's like to be creative and how to nurture your creative self. I'm actually like reading Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way right now because I felt like I was in a creative crisis mm. for a bit. <laughs> and part of it. It, it says there that like the creative self can show itself a little bit more and get out of its shell when it feels safe when there's that blanket of security so i'm like okay i might have been a little wrong there because <laughs> i've always been like drop out of college just like it never <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> i was like just do it just just i'm yeah. like, an enabler like oh you want it go for it but yeah. sometimes it's not that practical <laughs> yeah so you for you it was kind of like having the safety of 
a secure job made you kind of ex- feel safe to explore a little bit more? And then, of course, the right. funding the funding is there too. Yes, yes. And when I reshifted that mindset to, okay, it's not that I, you know, dread this job. It's that this job is literally a tool for me to obtain my artistic freedom. If I want to explore, I want to, you know, use my money to buy, like, for example, like cosplay pieces or something, maybe do a little shoot at home even or outside uh, doing a collab with someone. That all requires a little bit of me investing in the beauty of the creation. I don't want to just do it with like cheap materials or like, you know, free materials and just anything I can find on, on the, on the, on the, like in, in my home. And well, I did that too, but that was um, when I was really just starting out with not really having an idea what I, what my creative voice even looked like. Now um, that creativeness, uh, that creativity translated to dancing. I've always wanted to dance. I just never did. <laughs> Like I would dance at parties, dance at school dances and dance at home. And I took like a few classes here and there when I was a baby, but barely any. And I was like, there's like, you had a really eventful life as a baby. Yeah, (laughs) I did. I was just moving around a lot. Like what time for dancing. Um, But I wasn't ready for those hip hop classes. I have a little bit, a little bit of social anxiety of being watched when I'm dancing. So I'm like, this is not my confident area. So I looked at pole dancing instead. I was like, okay, this looks really powerful, even for people who are just starting out and they may feel awkward when they're walking around this pole and the feet isn't like on the toes or the heels. It's like flat on the ground. <laughs> like when you're just walking as a beginner, you don't know what you're doing. It still feels way more graceful. You know, it feels good. Like that feeling of just looking so comfortable and safe in your skin, wearing like tight spandex and just like stretching on the pole and like flinging yourself off of it. Yeah, I love that so much. What led you to pole dancing? Because it's so funny, like for me, um, the, my it, it was never like, oh, I want to do pole dancing. It was more like I, I'm like only five feet, right? But I, I'm I five got- feet too awesome and by feet as well <laughs> miraculously um there was like a school pageant when I was like in college right this was a, this was definitely one of the most um the one of the more fun stuff that I did way back before I dropped out so I I got invited to participate in like a school pageant and I was like oh, I'm gonna beat everyone in the talent portion I'm gonna do something nobody's gonna do because <laughs> I was like oh I'm and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pole dance. So I, I took the classes, but I never really got to finish them because like, I, it's actually, you know, to perform a routine, it's actually a lot more challenging than most people would believe. Thank me. And so <laughs> I, I never, wait, is Zoom freezing? Oh, yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Awesome. it might so, be my internet but we'll see yeah yeah that's fine um so yeah um I pretty much kind of like um stopped the classes because it was too far and I was honestly not like I was pretty broke at the time <laughs> so I was like I'm not gonna cab all the way there every single day <laughs> and 
then I only like went back to it a couple of years later and I'm like, oh, this is really like, this is really cool. This is really, it, it really helps you become more embodied and become more mm-hmm. comfortable in your body. That's the key. So how, how was yeah. it like for you? Like what led you to being like, did you like, hey, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to try out pole dancing. Um, so I have seen pole videos floating around the internet. I befriended um, a person online that um, she does pole dancing and she's a grad student. So she re- uh, really relieves stress with pole and she posts her progress online. And through her, I forgot how we met really, but um, it's probably through the internet some way, somehow. <laughs> um, I, she really inspired me. I was like, she looks so good. And her, her progress was insane. It was like two years dedicated pull. And she was going through a lot of like, um, a lot of like, I guess, stress with the grad school and everything. So, but every time she's on the pole, it's like the stress just melts away. And you can literally tell for the video that in that, in those clips, she's trying so hard but it's for herself. Like this is a pure act of self-love and self-care. Yeah. It's very liberating. Yeah. yeah. And that's so powerful to see, even just through the screen. I'm like, I want to feel like that. Um, last year, especially in the pandemic, um, I just moved from uh, Seattle-ish, like California to um, Vancouver, BC, Canada. And I grew up in California for like 12 years, right? It's a very special place to me. Um, I was in Vancouver by myself in the beginning of the pandemic. I'm also moved around within the city quite a lot from like my aunt's place to uh, her friend's place. And then like to my own place with roommates. Um, And I was going through a lot of that up and down of my mental health with the pandemic. Like on one hand, situationally, um, it it was fine. Like I was stable with with a, a new job and my place was secured and I was living with cats. That's so therapeutic for me. Um, but I feel like there was a little bit of that emptiness still because I didn't really have a hobby to focus on during the pandemic that I truly love. Um, that wasn't like gaming or something. It's, I love gaming, but if you do that hours a day, it really hurts your eyesight and <laughs> you get really tired and you can't do anything else. So I was like, I need something else that's more like exercise oriented. Um, and that person has inspired me to look at pole. And fortunately for me in Vancouver, pole dancing is really popular. The studio that's here, they have, um, there's several studios, but there's one main one that everyone goes to and they have like three different locations. They used to have four, but one closed down. So they have three different locations and I just did an intro class for fun. Um, fortunately for me too, at the time was that I met someone who was also um, queer and she was also um, a pole dancer. Like she's been doing it for years and she really talked me into just signing up for my intro class. I was like, there's that girl from online that inspired me. There's a girl in real life that has inspired me and I need to get myself grounded. I was really struggling with that, like being pulled mentally in everywhere and just focusing on um, things that were in the far too far in the future for me to even like do anything about, right? So I was like, okay, I need to stay grounded some way, like somehow. So I took my first intro class back in March, 2020, and it changed my life. <laughs> it changed my life. My instructor was so, so, so nice. And um, she taught like level one and level two, as well as those intro classes. After just one class, I was like, 
wow, like, I think I can do this because that was just so fun, right? And I took, I think, three classes after that, um, three classes per week. I signed up for the year membership. I was like, I didn't yeah, even budget I- for it. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, year membership, I'm, I'm in, this is, this is my thing. <laughs> if you do poll every day, you're like going to go home and you're like going to die because that's going to fucking hurt and you're going to bruise. Yeah. Why are we doing this to myself? Yeah, I did it from two to three times a week and gave myself space in between to rest. Um, it helped me become so like emotionally, like, uh, I guess it's kind of like a, like a blank slate with myself. I'm only focusing on the moves and that I'm doing it in a way that's not hurting me <laughs> and that I'm trying to perfect it to look r- graceful, but also not only to look graceful, but feel graceful. Like I want to feel powerful graceful that embody feeling right i wouldn't like really repair that relationship with me and my body because that's that has been numb for a while with all the moving around all the you know focusing on my stress in like ways like gaming where i'm losing it like not losing in a crazy way but like losing myself in a game but i'm not doing anything nurturing for my body Mm. it's not really moving right so movement essentially has been like a therapeutic art form yeah totally. um, honestly yeah so yeah that's totally true and I love what you said about you know, I, lo- I love the honesty on you know feeling like a time in your life for you or multiple times in your life where you felt empty because I was literally just going through that like a couple weeks ago so what what happened was <laughs> This strong, independent woman got a boyfriend. Oh, congrats. <laughs> and my boyfriend was like, hey, you know, I can see that you really, you're really burnt out from your business. Why don't you like, you know, chill the fuck out and just like, let me take care of the finances. And I'm like, mm, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I kind of, I I almost felt like a jobless stay-at-home wife for a bit there. And it really accelerated that process of like just feeling so empty and just like, you know, feeling that void so much more than usual, you know, than when you're like doing something. And and I, I never, like, I would consider myself entrepreneurial and I honestly um believe that I'm unemployable (laughs) (laughs) I was like it hurts so bad that it it went to a point where I was I literally just considered you know like maybe taking a job or something because I I I didn't know what to do with myself I was like I was having so many different thoughts about just like you know what I was doing with my life and it it felt sometimes like my thoughts were consuming me and it felt that like it felt so empty and I I think that's um, I've been told that that is more common for creative people who can't be doing the same shit over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. we're gonna go in fucking insane how do how do you deal with that and how do you cope in those times when you you're, you just have yourself, but also you feel really empty on the inside. Yeah, I felt that a lot during my career. The imposter syndrome, the pressure to perform, and my slight disdain for authority. <laughs> um, I honestly did not cope with it very well in the start of my career. 
the very beginning, like it, I coped through literally dating. Like I had a boyfriend that I was serious with for a couple of years when I was in my earliest twenties. And every time I was stressed about work and about having to stick to a routine and just being so like sad on a cellular level, I would just emotionally dump on him, which is so unfair for, uh, for him. And that was my happiness. This is my pride and joy, the boyfriend. But after the breakup, I think it really needs to happen because I need to form my own person. And I still feel like that sometimes, actually a lot of times. Um, and how I cope with it now is to um, do what I love, like when no one's looking, which one is pole dancing. And two, I picked up roller skating this past year as well. I'm still a noob but it brings me down to the ground, back to joy again. Anything to get my heart racing or myself laughing, you know, not and not forced laughter was, is what helps me cope with like the routine and the pressure and the expectations to perform at a corporate sense of success. So like this past summer um, in Vancouver, the summer here is really, really beautiful. We have direct access to nature. The closest hike is like literally 20 minutes away of a drive. And this past summer, it was like my second summer in Vancouver. And I had a bit more, friend, bit more of a friend circle going on. Finally, um, had more friends this past year. And we went to so many hikes, went kayaking, went, uh, I went uh, stand-up paddleboarding with one or two friends. And just being around people that you like generally can be yourself with. Doing something very active that can bring out your inner child is how I coped with those feelings of emptiness. Because this past summer, my job was actually bearable because I was out kayaking and hiking all the time. Wow. <laughs> that is so powerful. I love that you mentioned the inner child because, and, and especially joy, because I feel like, especially for you, because you're like in the corporate world where literally mm-hmm. you're under so much pressure to be productive, to perform, right. you know, to show that you're like yeah. on your A-game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a slave to capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like there are, like, I feel like just listening to you, you are under that, you know, stress. I would say, like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much stressful. But it's, it's beyond that. You also took the time to nurture your inner child and do the things that bring you joy, which is so funny because, like, like I said, right, I had this bout of like, oh, I don't know what to do with my life. I feel so lost, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I feel so empty on the inside. So I, I had that like <laughs> bout for the past couple of weeks. And yesterday I went to um, this karaoke place and just like sang with my boyfriend. Yes, karaoke. And, and it was like, oh, my God. This is definitely, you know, one of the most therapeutic things I could do for myself. It's not just constantly looking at the calendar, trying to do the yeah. next task or trying to be on that meeting yearly, making sure, you know, you're on top of your game. It's it's really been, a, it's like just the whole thing is singing my heart out. It was, mm-hmm. it really made me feel like I was just in the moment and I right. Like, I didn't even yes, look at Beyonce. <laughs> yes. And it was it was so good. I feel like more people need to hear that because especially I think this is true um 
it's, it's good for us women because we can like talk about our feelings. We can, you know, mm-hmm. take the time to sit the fuck down and look at our lives and look at where it's kind of like there's there's a there's a hole that we need to fill versus mm-hmm. like I think for a lot of men or a lot of, a lot of um, more masculine women, it's more like there's not much time to sit down with themselves because they're always like chasing the next thing, always um, chasing the next achievement. So how do you, how do you take that time? Like what are the things you look out for to kind of like assess your life and look at where are the things that you need to tweak a little bit so that you have more joy in your life? Mm-hmm. so honestly the way that society conditions us I know it's definitely so much harder for men to be able to be vulnerable and be introspective about their lives like this uh a lot of us are fueled and turned on by hustle culture but really it just burns you right down to the ground and it upholds nobody's health <laughs> it really doesn't um so for me That hustle culture, um, I really had to detach myself away from it for a little bit. Um, With me, I feel like I had a little bit of a war going on with who I really was authentically and who, you know, who I was trying to be, right, to uphold some kind of level of productivity for X company or X amount of, like, the pace I was supposed to be at was supposed to be here or X, Y, Z, but I really had to go to therapy to um, unlearn that and not just therapy, but uh, connect with other women of color, queer entrepreneurs who were basically going through the same thing, identity of crisis through their business um, and spiritually as well as queer women being uh, pushed into boxes that like they honestly were too too vibrant for to, to fit in. Um, it took quite a few years it was not an overnight thing at all but I really started focusing on the way my mindset was when I started my business too because I I wanted to be a coach at the time which I still do but it's kind of like um, a little bit of a hiatus right now I was coaching women because I wanted someone to coach me when I was that lost right I wanted to someone to look up to to hype me up with the decisions I'm making Um, and I really had to learn through the hardest shit to get to that level where my self-trust was pretty rock solid and I trust my judgment for the decisions I'm making now. Um, So detaching away from society's condition sounds really freaking hard because it is, (laughs) but I think that's one of the keys there because it's hard to stop when you believe in in the current beliefs that you have. They hold power over you. Society's messaging um, especially when they feel, when you feel guilty from, you know, not following it, like that shaming around not being attuned to hustle culture or taking a break or taking care of yourself, maybe placing yourself first. It's all a freaking lie to keep you productive for yeah. this capitalism. structure. It's not serving your individual needs at all. It's not even to serve the community needs. It's serving literally white men and their money. Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah. go on for hours about this. But at the at the at the height of it all, the billionaires are white men. Mm. <laughs> wow, who would have thought? <laughs> and they keep the world running by exploiting people. 
And you know what? I, maybe I'll be exploited now because I need some kind of security and financial abundance, but that's not what financial abundance really means for me. And to shift my narrative a bit, like, okay, I'm not a victim to this. Mm-hmm. I'm using this to build my own empire mm-hmm. and to detach my myself from all of this requires a lot of introspection. It required a lot of nights of sitting myself down, um, smoking weed, getting into the zone and watching a good chill movie or listening to like my most bomb ass, like nice vibes playlist. And the thoughts just like come out when I am like in that zone where I am basically like dosing myself with cannabis because it is, it is a, a, a way for me to um, get deep into, into myself. I feel like it's more, it's honestly, it was more effective for me for that, for my self-therapy than going to therapy. Because all my thoughts were just me and the wide void and they were all coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and cannabis is a way that is not for everybody. I have to just like put that out there. It's not for everyone. Some people are allergic to it. Some people don't feel good whether on it they puke <laughs> and it's still illegal in a lot of parts of the world including probably your country yeah. yes yeah. yes um but it is one of the ways that helped me break free mm. main part actually the main thing that helped me break free was was that I used to be really against the use of cannabis um when I was a teen and I didn't I was like okay yeah the devil's lettuce totally it is I, I got it. It's a devil's lettuce. It is forbidden. I cannot touch it. Um, but I was able to make that decision myself of what I think it is after, you know, I was away from my parents and finally being able to be a bit more experimental with my creative side. And cannabis helped my peers also break free from their own uh, thinking as well. And this is going to become like a cannabis podcast or, episode or something. Yeah. <laughs> we can cut off there. Um, but yeah, as an artist, I have ways to just extend my thinking. I think I find that I am the mental block to myself a lot of the times. I am my own uh, obstacle. I'm like a boss, but also an obstacle to myself. So I call this like I am my own bosticle because I'm both. Yeah. And <laughs> And sometimes you just need to get away. And even if it's not through weed, it could be through exercise, like pole dancing. It could be rollerblading. It could be painting. It could be, you know, doing uh, meditation and getting really into that or yoga. But these forms of exercises or uh, mental relief uh, really helps this, like these construct your sense of who you're supposed to be. And rather than, rather that and shed it it all away so you can find who you really are at the core. Yeah, I think this is not, I mean, obviously, this is not just for creative, this is for a lot of people where it's like, right, other people's voices drown out their own. And sometimes yeah. they don't, they can't even separate like their own voice from their best friend or their moms or their dads yes. and others. So, so like, having that time to yourself every day, or maybe just every week, if that's what your schedule permits to just sit down with yourself and ask yourself like how like how the fuck are you feeling like are you are you still alive are you still okay (laughs) like are you still there it's you know like (laughs) really making sure that you don't lose yourself because it's so easy to like shut out that inner voice when you're seeing and when you're hearing so many 
different messages from so many different sources. So I love that you're you're doing that and you're like you pretty much gave the ways of how people can cultivate their inner voice and how they can um how they can get in touch with themselves um more. So I guess now I want to I want to know like you you walk me through how you um how you cope when there is emptiness how about like the how do you stay in tune with yourself when there are times when you don't know what to do next like when mm-hmm. maybe i don't know about you but there are times when you know like you um, for me at least i do my meditation i do my yoga i do journaling but still the next step doesn't quite come to me and so as somebody mm-hmm. who loves to you know do stuff and like i'm pretty from much a little bit of a workaholic too like when you there when it's time to kind of like um let's say when a time comes when the old stuff or you know your habits your self care your self love um habits don't really give you the answer what are the things that you do that's a really good question um and that's a really deep one um so i think on the surface yoga meditation journaling those are really really great habits to have it's basically they're there's there's things to be practiced almost daily right to get in tune into that motion and rhythm i myself have not really journaled that much um i like to speak into like a video or a voice recording instead um so i'm a little bit different with that stuff when there are moments when i honestly will have to make a decision on something and i would not know what to do that comes to everyone i think and it's my anxiety is like you know make a decision now <laughs> but that might be um the wrong move because uh in retrospect like you don't want to set yourself up for failure so you want to think on it um if i don't know what to do about something then i'll really try not to rush myself to to make that decision right away if there's no immediate deadline then i can take my time through it i can just maybe today i'll take a break I'll hang out with a friend, talk it out with her or him, um or not talk about it at all, just use that gap to hang out with a friend for the sole sake of just having fun with them. Um and then maybe like uh taking a nice shower and just like resetting my my mind, relax for a few days or one day as much as time will permit. Um and the decision comes to me maybe in snippets of these moments. Like maybe one day I'll be like, oh, like maybe I could like do that. Maybe I'll write that down. Um, but if I'm not sure on it still, like I will relax again or I will have to work on something else. So aka like my job. I need to do something with my job. Okay, well right now I can't control what I can't control, but I can control how much work I'm getting done right now. <laughs> so I'll focus on that and after work, um let's see what I can do then. Mm. Or, okay. Yeah. That yeah, that makes sense. Cause literally, um, before this podcast, I just like it felt like it was just like the temptation to just stay in bed was just so strong. You know, like no, yeah, I undress. Oh, up. I'm so proud of you. Oh, <laughs> I'm not 
you. For you, the self-exploration has been about giving yourself the permission to try things out mm-hmm. and to not kind of like give yourself barricades of I'm only going to do this. Right. I'm only going to focus on one thing. Because I think yeah, that's so limiting. It's very like. It's so limiting. I'm like, well, one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> it's very like it's very you know it, it gives you this illusion that success is like very linear when it's not mm-hmm. you know like there are times when you succeed and then times when it's like not working mm-hmm. what you what got you here won't get you there and I love that you your life um experiences helped shape the woman you are and also I, I love the mindset shift you had around your job because a lot of people just like go to their jobs and end up hating it you know like I mean yeah I've been there (laughs) and I love that you had the mindset shift that instead of a job's uh, being something that drains the life out of you it's something that helps you build your own empire and finance the hobbies that you have on the side now before anything else if, for example, you can talk to 22-year-old Annie and she goes to you and she doesn't know quite what to do with her life. I mean, we've all been there. I th- and, and I think it's an I think it's an illusion that you hit a certain age and you know exactly what to do with your life. Like, fuck, no, yeah. that's not exactly how it happens. <laughs> I've talked to like 50-year-olds, 70-year-olds, and they're still figuring shit out. But if you were to go back in time and um, tell yourself things that you've learned in the midst of all your self-exploration, what would you tell yourself? I would tell 22-year-old Annie because she was so anxious all the time about everything from her job to like friends and not having a hobby to having a hobby to try new things or not try new things um she had a lot of thoughts going on for her and she really needed therapy I would really recommend her to one please seek out therapy um use um dump your emotions in a really healthy place um and remember that you can't force things you can't force people to stay you can't force situations to bend to your will, even though you really want it to. Um, and that even if you work really hard, it doesn't always mean that you'll get exactly what you want. You really attract what you are and not what you want per se. And I think I believe in manifestation because of that, that law of attraction is, it's not like I want, you know, like a whole pot of, I don't know, pizza, <laughs> a whole pot of pizza. And I'm just going to like, I mean, I'm going to buy it. Yes, I can get it. But it's like, if, I am a person who is always talking shit about myself, then the bad luck is going to come to me like a magnet. Like that <laughs> situation is one that's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's important to really breathe, take a breather and relax because there'll always be tomorrow or another chance. Um, and if there isn't, then, you know, try your best to let it go because it wasn't meant to be. Mm. So it's it you know guys that sounds like it came from somebody who is about to become a therapist or is <laughs> it really shows that you've done work on yourself because of literally everything that we just talked about in this podcast and how you your 
also encouraging listeners out there to chill the fuck out and take the time to listen to themselves. So I fucking 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 yeah. love that. Yeah. It's been so awesome like talking to you because it felt like I was talking to like another version of myself. Aww. <laughs> so freaking I dope. <laughs> so I, I to, it's totally true. You know, you attract who you are and you know you repel people who and things yeah. that are just not vibrating in the same frequency. So manifestation. Yeah, exactly. Manifestation, raise your vibration, protect your peace. So before, this is going to be your last question. Before we let you go, I want you to answer this question. Okay. Annie breaks the mold by... Cultivating inner self-trust and going against the grain, even when society wants you to hate yourself. I love it. And the the, the hair dye, totally. <laughs> it's just like the pull, the hair dye, <laughs> the self-exploration, you know, that giving yourself permission to explore yourself is just so fucking amazing. Annie, thank you so much. And guys... Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and we will see you on the next episode of Pussy Power. Yay, thank you. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.